the message you're about to listen to is produced by the Trans Edge Church. We believe you will be blessed and changed by it. The Trans Edge, change is inevitable. So for everyone, born of God, overcomes the world. Everyone, born of God, overcomes the world. King James Version, if you don't mind. <clears throat> it says, for whatsoever... Come on, come on, yeah. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. See, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. For whatsoever, it's not only referring to just humans now. And when it talks about whatsoever, that's plain English, right? Whatsoever, it means any idea that is born of God, any thought that is born of God, anyone that is born of God. Are you born of God? The, the ideas that you have, are they God-breathed ideas? You know, at times, there are ideas that are, that hails from God, that you just know, this is a God idea. And one way I, me- I measure God idea is this. I measure it by two standards. Okay, I measure it by the golden rule, the golden law, which is love your neighbor as yourself and Love the Lord thy God with all thy might, with all thy heart, with all thy soul. Right? So those are the two golden principles that guards God's idea. So regardless of anything that you're thinking, if your idea does not help sustain humanity and give glory to God, it's not a God idea. If your idea, don't forget James chapter 4, he said, you ask and you receive not because you ask wrongly. Because you just want to use it for yourself alone. This is selfish. See, that's why you don't get anything. But God's idea is not selfish. Think about Jesus. God giving Jesus all that he's got. I don't think that is selfish. For God so loved the world that he gave his only. He didn't say that he gave his begotten. If he had said that, then would have felt, okay, well, he had so many, so he had to give. So he said that he gave his only begotten son. His only. So that was all he had. So he gave everything that he had in regards to his son. You know, a king or whoever, if they don't have an heir, they will do everything possible to ensure they have someone to take after them. But God, for your sake, gave away the only one who could take after him to gain everyone who would be like him. Are, are you still here? It was a gamble. <laughs> it was a gamble. Because the truth of the matter is when he created me, he gave, gave me choice. So he didn't force men to believe or to accept him as God. He didn't force men. But he gave me a choice. And Joshua said, hey, today is set before you life and death, a blessing and a curse. Say, hey, choose life that you may live. That was Joshua speaking. In other words, he's giving you a choice on whatever you want to do. As men, he's giving you the choice. He's giving you, and, and that's why he says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, whosoever believes in him, in other words, every, he's not saying everyone must believe in him. He says anyone who decides, who makes a decision to believe in him, in him should not perish but have eternal life. So anyone who makes the choice to believe in Jesus becomes a child of God. And he says, for whatsoever is born of God 
overcomes the world. So anyone, and, and the test of it is to ask yourself, am I born of God? And if you don't believe you're born of God, do the, do the Bible test, right? The Bible says if you believe it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that, that he died and rose again, right? You shall be saved. So for with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. With the heart, man believes and is made righteous. So do that test for yourself and say, hey, do I believe in Jesus? That he was born of the Virgin Mary, that he died and rose again for my sake. If I do believe, then I'm saved. And if I'm saved, then I'm a child of God because that's what the Bible says. So if the Bible says that and I've done exactly what the Bible says, then I'm a child of God. Then I'm a child of God. Yeah, I'm a child of God. It's just like finding out and saying, you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. And that's the difference, right? That's the difference. You know, the scriptures say, they say, and if the Son of Man set you free, you are free indeed. That is good. Huh. But then, it also went ahead to say, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So they are two different things. Whilst Jesus has died for you, but you see, the whole world is technically saved. But not the whole world have Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Not yet. The whole world is saved because the sacrifice was made once for all. That anyone who believes in, anyone who believes in, comes into that inheritance. Anyone who believes this word comes into that inheritance. You believe in Jesus today, even if it's the last day of your life, you believe in him today, you are born anew. You are born again. You become a child of God. Even if you are 99 years old and you're just about to die and you believe in Jesus, right that very moment you become a child of God. And 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, all things are passed away and behold, all things have become new. So in other words, all those life of sin that you had lived for 99 years is wiped as though it never existed. And that's the grace. That's the grace. You see, that person that you were thinking, this guy is going to go to hell. Oh, for sure he's going to hell. For sure this, this person is not going to see heaven, you know. And then in the 99th hour of his life, he gives his life to Christ. You see, everything changes. Everything, everything completely changes. Why? Because now, at that point where he gives his life to Christ, he becomes one with Christ. He becomes the one that was crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, he lives yet not him, but Christ that lives in him. The one that takes full advantage of God's grace, even if he's at the last minute of his life. Are you still here? How much more you that have the whole life to live as a child of God? You get it? So live understanding that you are born of God, that everything in life belongs to you. Live with that understanding. Because if you don't understand it, you miss out a lot. It's just like someone who's won the lottery and didn't know that he or she has got the winning number. You're missing out, although you're a millionaire, but you're missing out. You still live like a poor man. You may be, um, you know, homeless. And you still live like a homeless person until someone brings it to your attention. Probably you saw the newspaper. Someone was reading a newspaper and said, this particular no ticket number one. And you can remember, you can remember your ticket number. You go, that's me. And all of a sudden, your whole life changes. All of a sudden, you realize that you were homeless. But the homeless billionaire, you, you get it? Up until that very moment, you didn't know what belonged to you. But once you start to discover what belongs to you, your whole life changes. The first thing that changes is your mentality. 
you start to perceive things differently. You start to look at things. You start to look at a car and go, I can buy that one. I can buy the other one. Uh, you start to look at houses. How much are houses? Before you know it, you are going on to realestate.com.au looking for a house to buy. Now think about it from a homeless person to someone who wants to own properties. Just by information. Just by knowing the truth. The Bible says you shall know the truth. Although this person already won the lottery, but he didn't know. He didn't know. He didn't know. He's already saved, right? He's already saved, but he didn't know what belongs to him. But once he starts to discover what belongs to him in God, he starts to realize the freedom that he's born into. Are you still here? That's the truth. He said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. I'll give this example. There was, um, you know, I read about this. There was uh, a doctor, or, you know, who carried out um, an experiment with, with a grasshopper. Now, he got a jar, a glass jar, and put the grasshopper inside and, you know, put a lid on it. And then the grasshopper jumps and hit the lid and falls back down. Jumps, hit the lid, and falls back down. Now, when he, it hops, what were you thinking he's going to do? He wants to escape, right? He wants to escape, but the lid is over it. So he falls back down. So after a few minutes, the researcher took the lid off. And what did the grasshopper do? It jumps to that level and falls back down. Jumps to that level and falls back down. The truth of the matter is, the grasshopper is free. But it does not know that it's free. It's free to go. He's already been released. Come on. You're okay. You're set free. But his mentality of... This is how much we can achieve. This is how much, you know, we, we can never get past this. You know, this is always things that happens to me. You know, every month, this is what always happened to me. When I apply for this, I never get it. Do you know why? Because of that thing that may have happened to me in the past. This is what always happens to me. It, it's, it runs in my family. I know, I know. Whenever these things, these kind of things happen, you see, my family, yeah, they have, you know, this cancer in their, in their lineage. So I know at the age of 44, I'm just expecting possibly to die or they call me and say, hey, you have to go, go into remission. I just know. I just know. No, you don't know. Because the moment you become a child of God, all things have passed away. And behold, all things have become new. If only you know that. If only you know that. And take advantage of it. You see, it's not just about knowing. It's also about taking advantage of it. And taking advantage of it is knowing fully well, I own this thing and I'm going to use it. I've got the word of God in my spirit. I'm going to use it. No weapon that is fashioned against me shall prosper. So instead of you finding yourself lying down and, and praying and crying over your pillow and say, oh God, please help me. Oh God, please help me. How about remembering that scripture that says no weapon fashioned against me shall prosper. You see, all of those things are in the word of God. You say, I cried unto the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears, right? And then you pick that over, no weapon fashioned against me shall prosper. Well, it depends on you. It depends on your faith. It depends on how much you want to push it. It depends on how much you want to take advantage of God's word that you know. So if you're saying, you know, taking the psalm of David and saying, I cried to the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Or you're taking the psalm of Jonah, yeah, Jonah, right? If you, t- if you took his cries and his prayer and you feel like, oh, you know what? I-, I-, I need to just pray because, you know, my sin has held me down. And whereas Jesus has taken away the sins of the world, right? And t- took us along with it. And not learning to kill yourself over the things that you've done in the past and yet you have asked forgiveness and yet 
you are finding it difficult to forgive yourself. You know, at times, we, we, we've done terrible things, right? And then we go to God and say, Lord, I'm so sorry that I, I messed up big time. Forgive me. And the Bible says, if you shall ask, he's faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That is his word. And the Bible says, in Psalm 119 verse 89, say, forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. It's settled. So he said it. He's not going to change it. And then you receive God's forgiveness and you feel like, well, the prayer that I prayed, I'm not even sure if God heard me. And then you keep feeling like, oh God, every time you kneel down to pray, that thing that you did terribly comes back to your mind and you find yourself forced to pray the prayer of forgiveness over again. The problem is you. If only you can forgive yourself because God sees you now as a righteous person because from the very moment, from the very moment you said, Lord, I'm sorry for what I did, he forgives you. He cleanses you from all unrighteousness. And when he says he cleanses you from all unrighteousness, it means that he is now looking as, at you as though you never did anything wrong. See, and your sin will I remember no more. For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So it takes your faith to understand where you belong in Christ. Right? And verse 5, come on, go ahead. Who is he that overcomes the world but he that believeth that Jesus is the son of God? Come on! Can you see that? So he's not saying that Jesus is the one that overcomes the world. He said, no, the one that believes that Jesus is the son of God is the one that overcomes the world. Do you believe? Oh, come on. You say it like you really believe this. It's just like asking you, have you got it? Have you got it? And if you've got it, then show it. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, who is he that overcomes the world? But he that believes that Jesus is the Son of God. And this is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. Verse 9. If we receive the witness of man, the witness of God is greater. Hold it there. Someone says you are a failure. That's the witness of man, right? What does God say about you? Did God say you are a failure? But it says the witness of God is greater. If only you can see that. Are you still here? If only you can see and, 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 and believe what God says about you. Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And it says, I'm the one that is born of God. Say, so who is it that, is, that overcomes the world? He said, he that believes that Jesus is the son of God. I believe that Jesus is the son of God. So I overcome the world. So if they are saying, I can't get it. That's the witness of men. Hey, whose report should we believe? Come on. We ought to believe the report of God, of God. His report is greater. His report says I'm free. His report says I'm delivered. I'm set free. I'm born of God. Greater is he that is in me than he does in the world. You know at times these things don't move you. Do you know why at times it doesn't move you? Because you've too familiarized yourself with the word. That it really does not make sense now. But if only you hear the word by the spirit of God. Right? you hear the word by the spirit of God, it will go into your system and settle and starts to bubble up from the inside until it takes over all your body. Right? And then you start to dance like David who, who dances irrationally. Praise God. To the point where his wife, his own wife told him, what, what is wrong with you? You know, at times it just takes it just takes us to stop being rational about some things. 
Because at times the way we think about things is not the way it works. You know that? It's not. If everything you've always thought right worked out right, perhaps some of us wouldn't be in the situation we are now, right? And I always told my wife, I said, hey, I wanted to get married before the age of 25 so that, you know, but nothing works. I, I, got, I think I got married at the age of 35. <laughs> Ten years later. Did I pray about it? Yes. Lord. But the right woman was not there. And I thank God that he didn't answer those prayers then. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Amen. All right. All right. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God which he hath testified of his son. He that believeth on the Son of God had the witness in himself. Can you see that now? And he's talking about you. Those people who believe in Jesus. Say, he that believeth not God had made him a liar. Because God is saying, hey, you're a witness. You are victory. You are more than conqueror. You are overcomer in this life. That's God's witness about you. He said, but if you don't believe God's witness, you've made him a liar. You're saying God is lying. And good luck with that. (laughs) All right. He said, because he believeth not the record that God gave of his son. Hallelujah. He said, and this is the record that God had given to us. Mm, Eternal life. And he says, and this life is in his son. And he says, and he that has the son has this life. Have you got the son? Have you got the son? It's, like, it's the record that God has given to us eternal life. You know what eternal life is? Let me give you an idea of eternal life. You know, when we say eternal, we, the first thing that we think about is length. How long it is. Seriously, do you want to live this your life for another thousand years? The way you are. Seriously. No. No. <laughs> That's not the kind of eternal life that I want. How many of us said no? Oh, great. So that means you're not enjoying this life yet, right? <laughs> God is looking at you. He gave you eternal life. Okay. But you see, eternal life is not just about the length of days. It's also about the quality of life. So this is the record that God has given us eternal life. He's talking about being able to live your life healthy, prosperous, and have your needs met. Perhaps not your wants. I mean your need. What you need. Not what you want. Not all the gushy bags. Right? Well, perhaps if. But he needs all your needs to be met. And he deals with the wants as well. So the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. In other words, all my needs have been met. And even my wants have been covered. Right? Because he's my shepherd. He looks after me. He looks after me. He spoils me. And that's the way I want you to start thinking about God. That God is the one that spoils you. He's the father. He's a good, good father. Jesus said of God, he said, hey, he said, how many of you being evil, when, when your children ask you for bread, do you, do you give them stone? Or when they ask you for fish, do you give them serpents? He said, if, if you don't do that, what do you expect of your heavenly father? In other words, he spoils us. He spoils us. And if only you can think about it that way and start to dream. Start to dream. Hey, I, I dare you. Think above your circumstances right now. Start to daydream and, 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 and 
catapult yourself way above. Take yourself away from this situation. Whilst you were here, but hey, let your mind be somewhere else where you are going, where God is taking you to. And say, Lord, I've not forgotten the promise. You know, you see that God has promised does not mean challenges are not going to come. Because the way to that promise is this challenge. It's the way to it. It's the way to it. Never forget. Never forget the only part that you see is the part that you've, you've programmed. All right? But God sees the master plan. He knows that every time there is a bump on the road, and there's another bump, and that bump progresses you. If you see the bump and say, no, I'm not going through that bump. I'm not going to do that. You stay where you are. But when you see the bump and say, you know what? I'm going for it. Let's do this. I'm going for it. I'm going for it. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be sweet. But you say, I'm going for it. And put down and, you know, put away your, your pride. Your, those your little pride that sets you backward. You know, those little things that says, oh, well, you don't want to do it again because you've done it before. It didn't work the first time. And this time you're going to be f- really feel embarrassed. Hey, just tell the devil, shut up. Because that's the voice of the devil. Just say, shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Because pride is, of, is evil, right? It's evil. So when you start to feel like, you know, when you start to feel like, oh, I'll be embarrassed, just know that's pride. Any idea that says, I, I, I will feel embarrassed, that's pride. Because if no one else is there, you won't be embarrassed about yourself for you, with yourself. You won't. You won't. So that's pride. So, okay, God, you're dealing with this pride. I'm going out there. I'm putting my, you know, I'm putting my stake out. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. All right. You say, he that had the son had life, and he that not, had not the son has not life. In other words, if you've got a son, you've got life. And if you don't have the son, it's easy. You have got no life. <laughs> you've got no life. It's true. One more thing from this verse, or from this chapter. Hmm. Okay, I'll just keep going. I'm going to 14. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that ye may know that ye have. I like it when he says that you have. It's not a promise. It's a you have it. You have it. It's not saying you will have. It said, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have, you possess it. It is your possession. You have it. Whether or not you are using it, that's your problem, but you have it. You have it. So take advantage of it, right? You have eternal life and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. Verse 14. This is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And this is the confidence. This is the confidence. The confidence. Give me another word for confidence. The assurance. Come on, another word. Boldness. Another word. Students, come on. Certainty. What? Confident. What? Confide. All right. Security. You know, the confidence, the boldness, the security. I, I like security. You're not feeling afraid of anything because you're secured, you're protected, you're guarded. So, this is the security that we have in Him. This is the boldness that we have in Him. You see, whatever suits you, put that in. You see, He said, This is the security, the boldness, the confidence that we have in Him. That if we, that if we, in other words, if by mistake you decide to, you see, that's why He didn't say when we, He said, If. 
And this is for some people who are still thinking, oh God, are you sure it's for me? But there are some people who just believe, whatever I want, I take. But for these people, he said, if <laughs> I like that. If we ask anything according to his will, and don't forget the part, his will, he hears us. He hears us. He said, and if we know he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petition that we desired of him. We have the petition that we desired of him. We have it. He didn't say, we will have it. He said, we have it. And I like it when, when the word of God comes this way. That whilst you are asking, the thing is done. You're asking. And at times you ask because you don't know that it's there. But, but it's part of your inheritance. Okay, it's part of your inheritance. So Lord, I need a job. I need a house. I need this. I need that. Oh, God knows that you need it. And all you can do, all I ask you to do is Wait. Wait upon the Lord. And it's not by going to sit down and praying, oh God, oh God, oh God, I'm waiting for you, I'm waiting on you. That won't work. That will only work for you. It will only work for your mindset. It's only fixing your mindset. You know at times when you pray, it's just, you're only just praying to make you feel good that you have prayed today and tick the box that I've prayed today. You know? At times when you pray, you just tick the box. Because at times, even the words that you say in prayers are not according to God's will. Because all you are asking is, oh God, you see, my problem, my this, my that, my that, my that, my that. And God says, hey, I meet your needs. If only you understand what belongs to you. So, but how do I understand what belongs to me? Come next week Friday, we'll talk about that. Praise God. Hallelujah. Last one. Okay. Let's go back to where we started from. Psalm 27. Verse 1. Are we there? The Lord is my light, my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid of? What circumstance shall I be afraid of? He said, when the wicked, even the circumstances around me, even my enemies and those people that are very close to me and my foes, those people uh, who declare themselves at, okay, came upon me to eat of my flesh. He said, they stumbled. He didn't say they will stumble. No, he said they stumbled. They stumbled and fell. He said, though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Can you, can you remember when he says this is the confidence that we have in him? This is the confidence. In other words, this, you're displaying your confidence here. He said, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, he said, in this, ah, in this will I be confident. In other words, you look at war, you look at challenges and go, yeah. This challenge, this war tells me that God is still alive. Because you, hey, he's just a remembrance, right, of, of, you know, for you to say, oh, you know what, I still have a God. One with God is majority. Romans chapter 8 says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. And the part that I want to bring out is the part that you don't really think about is, we know. Say, for we know. It's not about the all things. He said, no, we are experienced. We have the understanding. So, so we're telling you because we're already experienced, we already know that everyone who believes in Jesus and waits upon God by being active in his service, he said, all things work together for good for you. 
And that was exactly the same thing that Jesus said, if only you remember, that Jesus said, hey, seek ye first the kingdom of God. It's exactly the same thing. And his righteousness. And all other things shall be added. Every other thing. Every other thing. He knows what you want. He knows what you want. Seek ye first. So, so though one thing have I desired of the Lord, verse 4, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. In other words, I want to be a waiter. Right? I want to be a waiter in the house of God, tending to his needs. Are you still here? Think about a waiter in the restaurant. Put yourself there and say, you know what? I want to be that kind of waiter. Tending to God's every need. When he says do, I will be there to be the first person to do. When I see a need, I go and meet it. You see how that waiter comes to you and says, do you need some water? You know, when you've not even asked. And they bring food to you. And before you even start eating, they're asking you, how's the food tasting? Oh, my goodness, just get away. But you see, if you can find yourself in the house of God before you even, before he even asks or he even says, is there anyone? You say, yes, I, here I am, God. Use me. Use me. So it's not just all about the prayers. Prayers is good. I love prayers. You've got to pray. You can't do anything without prayers, right? But it just depends on the kind of prayers you're praying. So most times, hey, stop the prayer of petition and just pray the prayer of worship and thanksgiving. Say, Lord, I thank you for what you do. I thank you for how you do them. And I thank you because you're doing them through me. That you do nothing in my neighborhood without me knowing. You get it? You've got the secrets of God. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise God. God is good.